Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, April 14th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And make sure you tell them I sent you. So this is as busy a day as you're going to get in the world of professional sports. I mean, where do we even begin today? I'll say this. I'm coming to you a little bit later than usual this afternoon uh, because, and, and, you know, the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've been good at coming in here real early, getting this thing out as early as possible every single day. Today, a little bit different. I'm recording a little bit later in the afternoon because the Bruins, well, they made an announcement this morning as I was coming into the studio or when I just arrived at the studio, and that was that Claude Julien is going to return as the coach of the Boston Bruins. Now, if you follow me outside of this podcast, you know that I write a weekly column for the Boston Metro newspaper. Uh, the Metro is every weekday, but my columns go in the newspaper on Friday, every Friday, but they go online a day before on Thursday. And my deadline is Wednesday night. I mean, technically, if something goes on, if there's a big story, I can get something in Thursday morning, Thursday early afternoon. But for the most part, my deadline is Wednesday night. And last night, my column was based on what I saw with Kobe Bryant in his final game. It wasn't a Kobe Bryant column. But I began the column by saying, I'm watching Kobe's final game. I'm watching him sit on the bench as he's about to be introduced one last time to the Los Angeles Lakers starting lineup. And I could see the look in his face. I could see that he was getting caught up in the moment and it was hitting him. I could tell it was hitting Kobe at that moment as he's watching the other four starters for the Lakers be announced, knowing that this was going to be the last time this was going to happen. And I could tell by the look in his face, by the way he was acting, his body language, that it was hitting him right then and there. I could tell. I mean, I look, I think he kept it together pretty good. I don't know that I would have kept it together as well as he did, but you could tell it was hitting him. And, and my column, basically, the open was, here's how Kobe's reacting. And all I can think of is David Ortiz. Because David Ortiz has just begun his farewell tour, and all I can think of watching Kobe is that one day coming up soon, in you know, in either September or October, we are going to have that moment where David Ortiz is coming up for, and he's going to have his final at bat of his career, and it's going to be an emotional moment. Now, it might not be the way Kobe's is going down, because as you know, the Lakers did not advance to the playoffs, and they knew that going into last night's game. They knew that three months ago, four months ago, five months ago. They might have known that before the season even began. But with that said, last night's game meant nothing. You knew this was going to be Kobe's last game, at least with the Red Sox. I envision them in some type of playoff race, and if they do get into the postseason, David Ortiz's final major league at bat, it might be in a spot in which we don't realize it's his final at bat, officially until the game's over. You know what I mean? So I say either September or October, but the bottom line is this. 
David Ortiz's farewell tour has begun, much like we just saw Kobe Bryant's farewell tour take place and finish last night in, in what was just an awesome night. An awesome night at Staples Center. I told you it was going to be that way, too. I told you the last couple days that if I had one ticket and I could go to one game last night, either Golden State winning their 73rd game, which they did, or the Lakers game last night, Kobe Bryant's final game of his career, I told you it's not even, like, I don't even have to think about that. That's obvious answer to me. I'm going to LA. I'm going to Staples Center. I'm going to watch Kobe's final game. And this is coming from a diehard Celtics fan. All right? I just, I respect his on-the-court greatness, and I admire his on-the-court legend enough to add that's a more special moment to me. 73 wins, Golden State, they get it last night. They set the record. All right, congrats to them. It's a great accomplishment. They break the Chicago Bulls regular season win total, which was 72. They tied it the other night, and then last night, they won this, Golden State won their 73rd game. I watched 30 seconds of that game. Now, was it because maybe Golden State finished that game in the opening minutes, right, by, by just pulling away? Maybe. But also, the Kobe Bryant stuff, when you watch the pregame ceremony, it was just way too compelling. And I told you it was going to be that way. And I told you that's the game I would have went to. Because I'm watching the Golden State postgame, literally. And all the, they got Will Bond, they got a couple other people that had to go cover that game. ESPN needed to send someone. Now, they put the Golden State game on ESPN, and they put Kobe's game on ESPN2. And I talked about that the last couple days. But it's funny because you see guys like Wilbon at the Golden State game, and they're standing there on the court in Golden State if the Golden State won their 73rd game of the season. And he's reacting to what Kobe did. And you could, I, I just could sense that he wishes he was in L.A. Like he would have preferred to be in L.A. for the Kobe moment. I mean, I, he, he's on the microphone after, says Mamba out, drops the mic. It was, just, it was perfect. If, you're, if you didn't think that that was awesome, then, uh, you know, I, I guess you just don't appreciate, you don't appreciate greatness the way maybe someone like myself does. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. If you, don't, if you didn't enjoy that last night, people coming to me on Twitter going, oh, he shot the ball 50 times. Oh, he wouldn't stop shooting. Well, you're right about that. But I, I thought it made it just as entertaining, if not more entertaining. And you can't say, the one thing you can't do about last night, you cannot tell me that Utah wasn't playing defense. You can't say that. They were in Kobe's face late in this game, and the best part about it was the Lakers were down 10 late. They come battling back. Kobe couldn't stop hitting shots. He's burying threes, literally fadeaway threes with guys in his face. They were playing D on him late. The, one, you know, the, the thing I will say about the game is that you could have called some fouls on the Lakers late, like they were letting them play when the Lakers were playing contact defense, going up for blocks. I thought there was a lot of contact in any other NBA game. The Lakers are getting called for fouls, and maybe Utah ends up having a better chance to win that game than they did. But the Lakers won it late, uh, and Kobe was hitting big shots with guys in his face, and he scored 60 points. And it was just an amazing night, I thought, at Staples Center. And I told you that. I told. I never told you he was going to score 60, but I told you that would be a more special night, a special moment, the better ticket. If you, had, if you could only go to one of those two games, I told you I'd go to L.A. And it wouldn't even be close. Golden State, all right, congrats, you win 73 games. But guess what? 
We're going to see you in the NBA playoffs on Saturday night against Houston. We're going to see this team again. I mean, yeah, we're going to see. They're going to have meaningful games again this season. It's That's not the last time we see Steph Curry hit big threes or win big games. It's I'm already over the 73 wins. Like, it, it, honestly, the two things that I, I that we that we saw last night in the NBA, the Kobe Bryant game, so much better than the 73 wins. So much better. It's not even funny. It, and that's my opinion. I get it, but I, I just it doesn't even compare to me. 73 wins on what Kobe did in his final game. That's the last time you're gonna see him. The final time. And people compare it to Jeta. And here's what I'll do with that. I'll compare my reaction to what I saw with Kobe last night as a Boston fan, by the way. Like, okay, diehard Red Sox fan, diehard Celtics fan. It's going to take a pretty special fucking moment for me to be standing up in front of the TV rooting for either Derek Jeter or Kobe Bryant, a New York Yankee and an L.A. Laker. Like, it's going to take a pretty fucking special moment for me to be standing up off my seat rooting for either a Laker to hit a big shot or a Yankee to hit a home run. And when I go back to Derek Jeter's performance in his final regular season game at home, don't forget he closed his his career out at Fenway, actually, which was still cool that that he played. Um, But he closed it out at Fenway. His final home regular season game, which is the series before that, yeah, he had the walk-off hit. I can recall his, I think it was his first at bat. You know, he jumped all over a pitch and he took it to left field and I think it hit the wall. I was, I jumped up off my couch and I was literally yelling at the TV, get out, get out. Like I wanted Jeter to hit, I wanted that ball on the seats. I wanted him to hit a home run. I felt a little dirty the next day, a couple days later. But in the moment, I'm sorry. I mean, that's that was a special moment. This guy, I respect his greatness. On-the-field greatness. I admire his on-the-field legend. And much like I felt with, with Jeter in that game, I felt with Colby last night at the end. Now, there was part of me at the beginning of the fourth quarter where I kind of wanted Utah to keep the lead and pull away because I wanted that special moment with the Lakers. Because I'm thinking to myself, if the Lakers keep this a game, Colby is... is starting to hit shots. He's not going to want to get taken out. He's just not. He's going to want to stay in, which means you might not get that that Kobe moment in which you take him out of the game after a timeout with a minute left and everybody gives a standing ovation. Like, that's the special moment you're waiting for. That's the special moment you're in the building for, right? Not necessarily the pregame stuff. And speaking of pregame, um, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you can judge Kobe's Thoughts based on the look on his face because he gets so many emotions. It's his final national anthem. Okay? And you got this dude flee from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't even know. Honestly, I know. I know the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know much about this guy who played the guitar with the national anthem last night. But it was one of the worst performances of the national anthem I have ever seen. It might go down as the worst, in my opinion. Especially based on the moment that you're playing in, okay? This is Kobe's final national anthem. That's what you're given right there? That's what you just did? Like, what What? What the fuck was that? That was terrible. And, and part of me wants to take it easy on the guy because I look at this dude's face, and I'll be honest, I'll, I'm going to be fair. I don't know if there's something wrong with him or not. Maybe there is. Is there something wrong with him? 
Honestly, is it? Because I, I, I feel bad if there is. I don't know if there is. If there is, I apologize. I don't. I mean, he, he, he does know how to play the guitar pretty well. He, is there? It kind of looks like maybe there's something wrong with him, or is he just? Has he been doing so many drugs over his life that that he's just so messed up? I have no idea. But that, that was fucking terrible. That was that was an embarrassing performance right there, and I, I was pissed off watching that. That was brutal. Oh my god, that was terrible. Figure it out. Like you, it's one thing you want to play it on the guitar. It's another thing you play it the, on the guitar and then you keep going off into these little like with the you know what I mean? Like what the fuck are you doing? I don't know music lingo, so I can't I can't actually explain that as much as I'd like. But you know what I'm saying? Like he gives he's playing the song, playing National Anthem, and then like towards the end of um a chord, are we gonna call it? Is that I don't know if that's it. But let's say at the end, we'll call it a chord. That's what we're going with. We're calling it a chord. At the end of a chord, he's, he, he starts, like, you know, he, he's messing with, with the guitar to give you some crazy noises. Like, no, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Like, it's, I have the same beef with people who sing the national anthem and they get all crazy. Like, these R&B singers, you know, they go off, they, they, they'll sing part of the song and then they'll, they'll change the voice up and mess, mess with the tone. Of the, no, the national anthem's got one, got, you sing it one way. It's, it's, it sounds one way and one way only. Don't fuck with that. But they do every time. And know what the ones I hate is when someone does it so perfect and they do it the right way and they sing it and it's beautiful and you're like, this is phenomenal. And then right at the end, they go off into this vocal. I, I don't even know what. Again, I don't. I'm not. I'm not good with the music terms, so I don't even know what I want to say. But you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm trying to say. They get crazy. They get nuts. Nobody's asking you to get nuts with the national anthem. We're asking you to just either sing it, or if you're gonna play it on the guitar, don't play it on the guitar like a complete asshole. And this dude from the Chili Peppers played it like a complete asshole last night. I was pissed off at that. And um, they played the game. And you saw what happened. 60 points for Kobe Bryant. Just an awesome. I thought it was an awesome game. Awesome night. Awesome moment. And you can't say the Jazz weren't playing defense. They were in his face late, and he was hitting big shots. What other way to, to go out? And I found myself standing up, rooting for Kobe to make those shots at the end. And they ended up giving him his moment with, what, like four seconds Utah was inbound, and they said, you know what, let's yank Kobe from this game now. Stand an ovation, right? At that point, a Lakers player could have clotheslined someone from the Jazz, and they were not going to call the Lakers, you know, for, for flagrant and, and really affect the result of that game. Kobe got his moment. He speaks afterwards. Former teammates come out. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And, you know, it was a special night. It was a wild night. Because you get that late night action, and and because you know I'm watching again back to my and I know I've I've gotten away from my original point, which was why I'm I'm recording this show a little bit later in the day today. It's because I'm watching that game, and I my column last night was based on okay, I'm watching Kobe, but all I can really think of here at the beginning of this game is David Ortiz, and we're gonna get the David Ortiz final at bat this season, and it's gonna be emotional. So I wrote a column on that, and basically my ultimate point was. There's going to be a farewell tour. And along the way, it's going to be over the top. It might even be too much for you to handle. But if you want to complain about it, you know, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the complaints. 
Oh, the Red Sox trying to make an extra buck. Oh, they, look, I know they do some marketing stuff that's a little too in your face. I, you're not going to tell me that. I know. I Believe me. Been to Fenway many times. I watch the Red Sox every single night. I know what they do on Nesson. I know what they're doing on Yaki Way. They are forcing shit down your throat that, that that's not why you're there. That's not why you're all in. That's not why, you know, you wear the B on your cap, right? You're there to see a, a winning baseball team. And I know sometimes it feels like this organization is not always about that because of things that they do. And we can go to a move they made recently with David Price being pushed back to opening day at Fenway when he should have pitched in Toronto on normal rest. Quick side note, the Red Sox, who won last night, by the way, Joe Kelly was good enough, Craig Kimbrell was dirty in a save uh, situation in the ninth inning, top of the order, strikes out the side, gets everybody swinging, including Machado and Davis. He, Kimbrell was filthy last night. This was going on as the Celtics had the largest comeback of the season in the NBA, down 26 at the end of the second quarter, down 24 at the half. They come back. They beat the Miami Heat at the Garden. We know the NBA playoff picture, and I'm going to close out the show with my NBA playoff predictions. We had the Stanley Cup playoffs last night, but again, back to my point, the Red Sox with David Price, you know how they pushed him back for opening day to get Stephen Wright to start? Well, now they have a similar situation where they're going to have a day off today. The Red Sox have a, uh, a day off today and they get back to work tomorrow night with the Blue Jays coming to town and with the day off when you look at the schedule it allows them to keep David Price pitching on normal rest and going on Saturday at four o'clock against Toronto but if they handled it the way they handled it last week then or earlier this week and on the weekend then they would have done the same thing put Stephen Wright on Saturday and push David Price back on Sunday on, what, extra rest, an extra day's rest, right? No, no, no. That's not what they're going to do. And basically, the Red Sox are admitting that um, the, the smarter thing to do here would just be to keep their race on a regular schedule, which should be the thing that you do anyways. So, David Price will pitch on normal rest on Saturday, right? Because he went... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yes. Normal rest on Saturday. That's the right decision to make. It's the right decision to make. But they they pushed him back to last Monday because of opening day. It was a marketing move. It was, it was a business move. That wasn't a baseball move. On no planet does a major league manager make a baseball move in which you push back your ace in order to get Essentially, your number six starter, who's a knuckleballer, in a hostile environment on the road against a divisional team. Like, on no planet does a manager make that decision and you say that's a baseball decision. It wasn't a baseball decision. It was a marketing decision. So, you know, I know, we all know, the Red Sox do things from a marketing perspective that can be a little too in your face and it's not what you're looking for. I get that. And they're going to do the same thing with David Ortiz. But we just have to accept it. Because not everybody gets a farewell tour. Everybody would like one, but not everyone gets one. You got to earn it. David Ortiz has earned it. He deserves it. He's going to get it. It's going to be over the top at times. But you want to complain about it? Tough shit. I don't want to hear it. That was the point of my column. I wrote it last night. I come into the studio today. An emotional night. 
so much shit going on. Yeah, I mean, you can't sleep up till 2 in the morning. I come in this morning, and I get in here, and the Bruins have a little press conference at the TD Garden, the Boston Bruins. Second straight year not in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which began last night. And another note here, side note. I'm doing a lot of side notes, but there's so much shit going on. There's all all this shit in my head. I got to just get it out. Jimmy Murphy, NHL insider, also covers the Bruins. He's going to join me on tomorrow's show, tomorrow's podcast on Friday in studio. That's why I'm giving my NBA predictions on today's show to close it out. But Jimmy Murphy, he will join me tomorrow. He's got some strong thoughts about this Bruins team. We'll talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, So that's tomorrow's show. The Stanley Cup playoffs began last night. As you know, here in Boston, the Bruins not involved for the second straight year. And that led me to believe that I I thought this organization was going to make a move behind the bench. I told you I don't think they should. I am Team Claude. I I am a Claude Julien guy, okay? I've grown to be. I wasn't always a Claude Julien guy. I've kept an open mind. I've witnessed what he's done. I've witnessed, you know, some of the things that have gone wrong in this organization that I don't feel uh, is is his fault, like this year, okay? I don't think this is Claude's fault this year. Same thing with last year. I don't think it's his fault. But knowing the professional sports world, the easy decision for teams to make is to get rid of the coach. And I also thought that this organization didn't want Claude from the get-go. So I expected them to get rid of Claude. But they have this press conference today with just the GM, Don Sweeney, and the coach, Claude Julien, and they get announced it right off the bat. Um, I believe it was DJ Bean asked the first question about it, and Don Sweeney said, Claude's back. Of course he's going to be back next year. I think he even might have said no-brainer. But they got it out of the way, and they announced this morning that Claude Julien's coming back. So what I do when I get in here, I see that, and I know, you know, I have to what? I would have to wait until next Wednesday night to get next Thursday's column online and next Friday's, it would be in next Friday's paper. I'm thinking to myself, that's just not timely enough. That just, you know, it's, it, it would be overdue. So I reached out to my editor and I said, listen, I got to do something on Claude Julien. I know I sent you that column last night, but maybe we don't run it. I got to do something else. I got to, you know, I'm not looking for extra money. I just, I'm looking to make sure that uh, I, I get this done right, and, and I am very passionate about this topic in defending Claude Julien. And so when I defend Claude Julien, and I've crushed Don Sweeney, I've crushed Cam Neely, look, I feel the need to throw it out there in a column that, hey, as much as I've crushed guys like Sweeney and Neely, they're making the right move by keeping Claude Julien around. And that was my column. I needed to write it. I, I reached out to my editor. He was fine with it. So I wrote on deadline this afternoon. Uh, to make sure we can get it in tomorrow's print. We got it in. It's already online. I already tweeted it out. And here I am doing today's podcast a little bit later in the day than usual, but for good reason. I needed to get that column out. Great job by the Bruins. I applaud him today. I applaud him today. Uh, we have not been on the same page, me and the Bees, the last couple of years. And the moves they've made in the front office, clearly the former GM, Peter Sorelli, he also has his fingerprints on what's going on. Cam Neely. The Jacobs family, Don Sweeney, and I'm not saying you take Claude completely off the hook. I never said that. Never said that. But I think the team's major issues, and the reason they're not in the playoffs, is because their defense sucks. But that's a personnel issue. That's not a coaching issue. That's not what I see. It's 
the GM, okay, provide this coach, this defensive-minded coach, some defensive-minded players on that back end, rather than trade your top, you know, some of your best defensemen for draft picks. So they've been taking away Claude's pieces, and they haven't replaced him with anything yet. How can you put it on Claude? I'm not there. I didn't. I wanted to see Claude back. I'm not going to lie. They surprised me. I thought they were going to get rid of him. So when I hear this announcement today, I'm passionate about it. I needed to write a column, and I need to mention it here and applaud the Bruins today. This is a good move. It's a great move. I think it's. I think it's. It should be the obvious move. But you know how how it is. It's a business. It's an. It. It's much easier to get rid of a coach or a manager than it is to trade a star player or have a major shakeup with your roster. You know. You, you keep. I, they keep the coach. I think it's a great move. Um, and I think now, <laughs> go out and get this guy some defenseman. You got to wait till the playoffs are over, though. Last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs with all the shit that was going on, I, I caught, I mean, there's so mu- it was so much. The Red Sox game I was watching. I had the Celtics game going against the Heat, their last game of the regular season. And we had Stanley Cup playoff hockey. Now, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, there were three games last night. I caught 30 seconds of the Stanley Cup playoffs last night. It was Tampa Bay-Detroit in Tampa Bay, game one. Tampa Bay won at 3-2. to two. They beat Detroit. Tampa Bay leads the series one game to none. And I saw the game-winning goal. Tampa Bay won a battle in the corner, threw it out front. A guy redirects it out of midair. It's a goal. Tampa Bay wins at 3-2. That's all I saw. I saw some highlights of some other games. Pittsburgh beat the Rangers in their game one, 5-2. to two. Pittsburgh leads that series one game to nothing. I still think the Rangers uh, are going to win that series. St. Louis beat Chicago one to nothing in overtime. What, they just threw St. Louis in OT. They threw this puck out front. It went off a Blackhawks player and into the net, right? So one nothing. Uh, you know, don't sleep on the Blackhawks. I still think the Blackhawks win this series. Uh, but St. Louis, you know, they do play a physical game, and maybe that translates this year in the playoffs. We'll see. But those are the three games in the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. We are going to get four games. Philly in D.C. to play the Capitals for their game one. The Islanders in Florida to play the Panthers in their game one. And then over in the Western Conference, Minnesota is in Dallas for their game one. A little note on Dallas. It doesn't look like Tyler Sagan is going to play in this game. He has an Achilles injury. They might give him a, a, a couple extra days here and see how this series opens up. As you know, Minnesota out indefinitely. Uh, excuse me, Minnesota has an injury and a player out indefinitely. That's Zach Parise. So Parise, I don't know when he's going to come back. I don't assume anytime soon. But uh, maybe that factors into Dallas's thinking, giving Sagan a little extra time off. And then he got San Jose in LA against the Kings. That game at 10:30. So four Stanley Cup playoff games tonight. We have no. NBA games, but we do know the NBA playoff brackets, and I have them in front of me, and I have my NBA playoff predictions with my NBA champion and my NBA finals MVP, but before I get to that, there's just a couple other things I need to mention, you know, things that are going on, other things that are going on today, like the NFL, the NFL made, there's a major trade in the National Football League today. And that's between the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Rams. 
the Tennessee Titans, as you know, have the number one pick in the draft. Or should I say had? Because they have now traded that. The Titans have traded the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft to the L.A. Rams. Okay? Here's the trade. Tennessee, they send the number one pick along with their fourth round pick and their sixth round pick. So a one, a four, and a six to the Rams. The Rams give the Titans, get this, their first round pick, which is 15 overall, two second round picks this year, 43 and 45, and a third round pick this year, number 76 overall. Um, The Titans, what is this? The Titans will also get uh, the, the Rams' first and third round picks in 2017. The Titans... Giving up the number one pick, a one of four and a six, they're getting a shit ton back. They're getting a they're getting a fifteen overall pick this year, two second rounders, a third rounder, and also a first and a third next year. This is, if you ask me, this is a great pick for the Titans. They have a quarterback in Mariota. They just got a running back. Um, I I love this move for the Titans. Now, people are talking about maybe the NFL stepped in and had this deal go down because, you know, the Rams are going to L.A., you know, L.A. is getting a team again, and uh, they want to be on the national stage. And at first, that's what I thought of, too, you know, in this crazy day of of sports news. that, That thought crossed my mind. But the more I look into this trade... You know, I, you can make sense of it from this standpoint. If you want to get away from the conspiracy theory that is, the NFL made them make this move to get L.A. the number one overall pick to get the spotlight on the new L.A. Rams. You want to get away from that theory for a minute? Here's how you do it. I think you can look at this and say to yourself realistically, hey, it makes sense if you're the Rams. Here's how it makes sense if you're the Rams. You need a quarterback. You don't have one. You're desperate for a quarterback. And you're looking at either Carson Wentz of North Dakota State or Jared Goff of Cal. They're considered the top quarterback prospects. And if you want to guarantee, you know, because you had the 15th overall pick and you probably couldn't guarantee the Rams with 15 overall that they could get one of those two guys. And so they wanted to move up. And it just made sense to just, if they're going to move up, go up and get the number one overall pick so they can make the choice. They can work out both these kids individually. They can interview these kids individually. And they know they have the first pick. They get to choose their quarterback, whoever they want. So you can justify it for the Rams there. For the Titans, here's how you justify it. You say, I mean, we have a quarterback. We have a running back. You know, we got some other positional players that we really like with this team. And if we can just go all Bill Belichick and New England Patriots on the Rams right now in the NFL and we can get... You know, we can get a first. We can still have a first-round pick. It's not like Tennessee is not going to have a first-round pick. They get the 15th overall pick. I I think that's a pretty good pick. And they also get two second-rounders and a third-rounder. I mean, the Titans, this is a great move for the Titans. So, I think you can justify it both ways. The, the reason I give Tennessee the edge and, and call them maybe the winners of this trade is because you cannot guarantee me that Wentz or Goff are going to be 
NFL stud quarterbacks. Like, you can't. I, I think, you know, if, if you were the Rams, you know, you could convince me that you now take this pick and maybe another player or two and, and maybe, you know, you package it. Who knows? I mean, to get Colin Kaepernick? I, honestly, like, I, I, I don't, I just, that, this just goes to show you how I think of Wentz or Goff. Like, I'm just not sold that either of these two kids are, are going to be, you know, NFL locks. Like, I just don't. Like, stud quarterbacks. And when you make this type of trade and you give up that many picks to get the number one overall pick, you're basically telling yourself, the rest of your organization and all your fan base, your new fan base, and maybe even your old fan base that, that's going to stick with you a little bit, you're telling them that one of these two quarterbacks that you're going to take is guaranteed to be an NFL stud. And I just don't think you can do that. And and the funny part about it is, I think if you ask the Rams right now, who's your pick with number one, I don't know that they have an answer. So you think, well, if you make this move, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, we know who we want. Let's go up and get them. They, they don't know who they want, I don't think. So it is kind of a wacky trade. And if I had to pick a winner, it's Tennessee. Tennessee wins this one. But the Rams will have the number one overall pick. So we'll see what they do, what quarterback they go with. Here's where they would really make it crazy. If they get up to the draft and they don't even take a quarterback, that's where it would really get nuts and insane. But uh, we got some time to discuss the NFL draft. I, I, get, I might as well knock the NFL. You can't, even if you get away from the conspiracy theory that I just sort of got away from, uh, you can still knock the NFL today, and it's because of something that Adam Schefter tweeted out, right? What did he tweet out? He said, the NFL knew about this trade last night. It happened last night, but they didn't announce it till this morning because they didn't want to take away from Kobe Bryant's final game last night. <laughs> So the NFL trying to tell you that, well, we did the right thing here. We don't want to take the spotlight away because that's sort of what we, or I shouldn't say we, I should say I. When I look at the NFL, I crush them so many times because I crush them all the time because I've never seen a league that loves, it, loves itself like the NFL loves itself where they want their schedule 365, 24-7. Oh, you got the spotlight? We're going to one-up you. Right? We're going to one-up you. And what the NFL is trying to do is leak some info to Adam Schefter and say, no, 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 no. We, we didn't one-up anyone because we could have announced this last night, but we didn't want to take the spotlight away from Kobe Bryant. So, look, we had the opportunity to one-up another sport once again in our offseason, but we, we weren't going to do it last night. We, we, we're not that type of league, you know? We don't love ourselves that much. That's their message there. And so when I see that, I laugh because I know that, um, you know, they're just playing the PR game. And it's almost like they know that we say that about them. So they are going out of their way to leak this information to let people know because they could have easily not said that. And this trade comes out today at nine. And internally, they say to themselves, hey, we did a good deed. We didn't steal the spotlight away from the NBA. But they want you to know. Here's the problem. They want you to know that they, they didn't steal the spotlight from the NBA when they had the opportunity to do so. So I laugh because of that, but I also laugh because the NFL didn't completely just 
hide from the spotlight in what was a wild day yesterday and last night. Someone in the NFL offices tweeted out yesterday an announcement. They tweeted, they made an announcement. This is what the NFL did yesterday. When they try to tell you they, they didn't steal the spotlight from another sport, they on Twitter made an announcement about an announcement about an announcement. You don't follow me? They announced. There was the tweet. I don't even know who the guy is. He's in. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But I just, you can't forget something like this. He tweets out, some dude from the NFL offices tweets out, later today, we are going to announce when we're going to announce the NFL schedule. So this guy is announcing when they'll announce, when they'll announce the NFL schedule. Do you follow me or is that too crazy? It's, you're right, it is crazy. Because nobody makes an announcement to make an announcement that makes an announcement. That doesn't make any sense. But he did. So then, (laughs) what happened was, that guy announces that they're going to make an announcement. And then when we get to the announcement that that guy announced, the announcement was that the NFL will announce the NFL schedule tonight at 8 o'clock. That's how pathetic the NFL is to be in the spotlight. They made an announcement about an announcement about a motherfucking announcement. Give me a break. And then you try to tell us that you weren't that you're not stealing the spotlight away from other sports. Come on. Go, I, sometimes I want to say, NFL, would you just go away for a little bit? Like I go home yesterday, I leave the studio, I'm jacked up, big Red Sox game, Kelly on the mound. Um, you know, you're anxious because you're sort of waiting for the, you're waiting for the letdown, right? You're excited. You need to snap this losing skid, but knowing that the rotation isn't great, you're kind of waiting for the letdown at the same time, but you're anxious. You just want to get to the game. You go home. You know, there's a lot of shit going on last night. I turn on the TV, you know, the couple hours that you get and they, they have NFL live. Like, why are you, why is there NFL Live on right now? Who gives a shit? Go on NFL.com if you care that much about the NFL. You know what? Go to the NFL Network. Why are we doing NFL Live? We got NBA playoff races. We got the Stanley Cup playoffs. We got Major League Baseball. You can't, there's no ball game you can put on? Right? P- put a replay of a ball game. I don't care. Give me Sports Center in the afternoon. Give me an old 30 for 30. What are we doing NFL Live for? Sometimes. Look, in-season and even some off-season stuff, I'm fine with it. But right now, like, just get, all right, you t- the draft's coming. Get to the draft. It's, it's not the draft right now. So, sometimes I just need the NFL to go away. And they won't. And kind of like yesterday, where they announced an announcement of an announcement. It's, a, it's pathetic. But the NFL's pathetic. And it's a league that's run by the most pathetic asshole in the world, Roger Goodell. (laughs) So, there's my NFL thoughts for the day. So much other stuff going on. Patriots released Dominic Easley. um, And it sounds like he wasn't the best guy in the room, not just with teammates, but also with the medical staff, right? So, they got rid of him. Red Sox are going to activate Christian Vasquez. They send Pablo Sandoval to the DL with the shoulder injury. He woke up, his shoulder was sore. Okay, sounds good. 
this is again, this is just what happens when you show up looking like a slob telling us you have nothing to prove. If you think, I told you at the time, if you think Red Sox front office wasn't pissed off about that, then you have no grasp on real life. You have no grasp on it, on human nature, none. And what you're seeing now is a fat slob getting put on the DL because his attitude sucks and he's a fat slob. That's what you're seeing. That's what you're seeing. I'm sorry. That's what it is. And uh, last night, again, Red Sox win. They give the Orioles their first loss of the season. Joe Kelly was good enough. Craig Kimbrell was dirty. If you're going to go watch any video of last night's game, please watch Craig Kimbrell in the ninth. That's the guy you went out and got. That's why I told you you shouldn't panic after what we saw the other night. He's going to be fine. That's what you're going to see most of the time when you saw last night against this Orioles team. The Red Sox have tonight off. Again, the Toronto Blue Jays come to town this weekend. Um, I'll probably get into more of that next week and react to that next week. Uh, obviously, in my weekend radio show on Saturday. I think I'm on Saturday night this week, so I'll, I'll get to some Red Sox then. But tomorrow, Jimmy Murphy, NHL insider. We'll talk Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll get into some Bruins stuff. He'll join me in studio tomorrow afternoon, a full hour for you. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I, I know that, that Murph, I've had him on. I think I had him on a couple months ago. Always a great guest, and I usually get him on over the phone, so it's going to be good to get him in studio where I think that's where you really get some of these guests to open up when they come in studio. And I think he's going to love it in here too. So it should be a fun show tomorrow. Make sure you check it out. But to close out today's show, I'm going to give my NBA playoff predictions. I got the brackets in front of me. I got the schedule in front of me. NBA playoffs begin Saturday night. Uh, so Saturday, Sunday, all weekend, here we go. This is it. I mean, this is, again, this is the busiest time of year in professional sports. And uh, the NBA playoffs begin Saturday night. So the brackets in front of me right now, they are set brackets. Let's begin in the West. So how about this? I'm sorry. Hit the music. Oh, yeah. NBA on NBC. You know when I make NBA picks, this is the go-to song. And I'm sticking with it. So let's start with the Western Conference. The Golden State Warriors, as you know, are the one seed. You saw them win their 73rd win of the season last night. Here's the deal. Everybody's back at zero beginning Saturday night. Golden State, they will play the eight seed Houston, who clinched that eight seed last night with their win. So the Rockets and the Warriors, I'm sorry. Golden State's going to win this one. And Houston might have a winner. They might have one winner. But if they do have one win, that'll be it. Golden State at the very most. The max this series goes is five games. Golden State wins it. They'll move on. I think that's an easy pick. The Clippers, the four seed against the five seed Portland Trailblazers. The winner of this game plays, excuse me, the winner of this series plays Golden State in the second round. I'm going with the Clippers. Look, the Trailblazers, they lost LaMarcus Aldridge. But guess what? If you've watched them play this year, they're a feisty bunch. They kind of remind me of the Celtics of the Western Conference, and they do have some talent to be able to win a couple games against the Clippers, but I'm going to say Clippers have too much star power. LA is going to win this series, set them up in a second-round series with Golden State. Clippers beat Portland and move on. Then you get down the brackets. Oklahoma City, the three-seed, against the six-seed Dallas Mavericks. Got to go with OKC. I just... Dallas, I think, is sneaky. I think Dallas is sneaky deep. Sneaky deep. But Oklahoma City, this is a league in which star power, it wins outright. And Oklahoma City, 
just with Durant and Westbrook alone, the season Westbrook's having, you know, Durant being motivated as he usually is, it's just Oklahoma City, their top two stars are way too good, and, and they're, they're going to be too much for Dallas, as sneaky deep as the Mavericks may be. Oklahoma City wins this series. They'll move on to play the winner of San Antonio and Memphis. This will be a no contest. Um, Memphis is banged up, as you know. San Antonio, again, typical Spurs. How many people talking about them late in the season? The only reason they were even mentioned in the last couple weeks of the season was because they played Golden State twice in their Final Four. That's it. It's the only reason people are talking about San Antonio. If they didn't, if San Antonio didn't play Golden State twice, if they didn't play them at all in the last couple weeks, we wouldn't have talked about San Antonio since February. So. The Spurs still don't get enough credit. They know that, and they're so much better and deeper than Memphis. It's not even funny. This is a five-game series at the very most. San Antonio wins, sets them up with a second-round series against Oklahoma City. So the final four in the West, Golden State versus the Clippers, Oklahoma City versus San Antonio. Let's start with Golden State, L.A. I mean, look, the Clippers are going to give Golden State a better series than Houston did, but... Are you really buying in that the Clippers can win this one? I'm not. I think Clippers will make it a series. I, it could be six, but Golden State wins it in six. And that's that. And they move on to the Western Conference Finals, a place that I think most of us expect Golden State to end up. Who will they play? Well, they'll play the winner of San Antonio and Oklahoma City, a two versus three. San Antonio being the two seed, getting the home court advantage. I think that's going to be huge in this series, and that's why San Antonio is going to move on, beat Oklahoma City, and it could be Kevin Durant's final, final series, final games in an Oklahoma City Thunder uniform. San Antonio goes to the Western Finals to have a series against Golden State that I think we all expected and predicted at the very beginning of the season. The one versus the two seed in the West. And I think it could be, it could go seven. Could come down to that final game seven home game in Golden State. Warriors win it. I'll say Warriors win that one in seven. The Warriors go back to the NBA Finals to defend their championship. Who will they play? Well, let's go over to the Eastern Conference. And, and let's begin with the one versus the eight. Cleveland the one, Detroit being the eight. I mean, does, does any, is anyone gonna pick Detroit to win this series? I know I'm not. Cleveland will move on, they'll advance easily. Then you got the four seed Atlanta Hawks against the five seed Boston Celtics. I, I told you, if the Celtics dropped down to that six seed, I was not gonna be upset with it. I was not gonna be upset because if you're that three of that six, you don't play Cleveland in the second round because the Celtics are the five. All right, they don't have the home court advantage in the series, but they are playing an Atlanta Hawks team that we have seen in playoffs past just completely shit their pants. And for whatever reason that may be, uh, their play is soft, I don't know. I, 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 but I, what I will tell you is this. What you saw from the Celtics last night with this tremendous comeback over Miami late in this game, and not just late, just in the second half, the largest comeback in the season this year in the NBA. The Celtics showed you last night just how much fight they have, and I think it's that fight that's going to get them past Atlanta. Now, the concern with the Celtics would be this. They're a little banged up when it comes to Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, but you also have to think, well, isn't every team a little banged up? And the answer to that question at this point of the season is yes. 
I don't have the exact diagnosis of how banged up guys like Crowder and Thomas are to this point, how they're feeling, but if they're showing that type of fight and effort and, and they don't give up on a game like you saw last night against Miami, Celtics, they have enough heart to be able to get out of this dogfight with a very good Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, Atlanta Hawks team that's going to have home court advantage, but I'm picking the Celtics, and I think the Celtics, you know, this is, I think it's one of those things where maybe you get a game seven, you go on the road, and you look at this Celtics team and you say, this is a feisty group, this is a never-say-die group, Maybe they fall behind on the road in game seven. Atlanta gets a little comfortable because they're in their own building and the Celtics hit them with the sucker punch and, and they end up stealing that game seven and moving on to the second round. I could absolutely see it going that way. And in fact, that's how I'm gonna predict it. Celtics beat the Hawks in seven. Let's go down to the three seed. Miami playing the six seed, Charlotte. Charlotte's looked exciting, but I haven't, I, I said this the last couple days, I have not seen the Hornets enough to where I could sit here and pick them over Dwayne Wade, even though you saw Miami sort of collapse and get beat by the Celtics in that second half last night. I'm going to take Miami to win this series. I am. I just, I'm going to go with Miami. If there's one series maybe I could see myself being wrong, it would be maybe Charlotte squeezes out this series over Miami. But um, I'm going to I'm going to stick with my gut, and my gut in this one tells me Take the three seed over the six. Take the three seed that has a Dwayne Wade, who has the playoff experience, who you know can still win you some big ball games. I'm going to take the Heat over the Hornets. They play the winner of the two seed Toronto Raptors and the seven seed Indiana Pacers. I, I, you know, I like the fact that the Pacers, you know, they have a team that I think can sneak, can, they can make this a sneaky good series and take this to the max and take this to a game seven. And I think it could go there, but then you get the home court advantage. I'll take the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors win this one in seven. They move on to play Miami. And the final four in the East, Cleveland versus Boston, Miami versus Toronto. And let's begin Cleveland versus Celtics. I've said it since day one. I love this Celtics team. I would have preferred that maybe you get the three seed and you can avoid Cleveland until the Eastern Conference Finals. That's not the case. If they beat Atlanta, they got to play Cleveland in the second round. They have no choice. With Cleveland being much more healthy than they were last year, uh, I, I still think as improved as the Celtics may be, Cleveland just has more star power. And this time of year, that's all it comes down to. And uh, I'll take that team over the Celtics, over really any team in the East. So I love this Celtics team. I think, look, they're not going to get swept like they did last year. This is going to be a series. But Cleveland, LeBron James, the motivation is there. He's got his, you know, his big dogs are rolling with him, it seems, and they're healthy. And if they stay healthy, Cleveland's gonna be an awfully tough team to beat in a seven-game series. And I don't see the Celtics doing it. As much as I'm gonna be rooting for the Celtics, as much as I'm gonna be mocking LeBron James on Twitter, uh, <laughs> as I did last night, saying see in the second round, I'd rather see him in the third round in the East Finals. Not the case, Cleveland will win and move on to the East Finals, and they will play, I'm taking Miami. I think the Heat, uh, they can beat Toronto. I'm gonna go with Dwayne Wade versus LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals, and come on. You think LeBron's gonna lose that series? No way, setting us up for an NBA Finals rematch. Cleveland, Golden State. Who am I going with? Well, if you've listened to me and heard my analysis going back to last year's Finals, I gave LeBron a chance even without Irving, 
even without love. Nobody else wanted to do it. I did it. And LeBron won two games in that series. The Heat, excuse me, the Heat. The Cavaliers won two games in that series with LeBron and Delavidova. Okay? So now that they got their big dogs back rolling with them, Love, Irving, I think Cleveland wins it. In fact, the way it goes now in the NBA Finals, it used to be a 2 3 2 series in which you would get, what, the first two in Golden State, then three straight in Cleveland. Nope. You're going to get first two in Golden State, first two in Cleveland, then you get game five in Golden State, game six in Cleveland, game seven back in Golden State. I don't think this goes back to Golden State. I think LeBron gets that home game with a chance to close it out in game six. I'm taking Cleveland over Golden State in the NBA Finals. I hope I am wrong, but that is what my gut is telling me, that LeBron has a playoffs for the ages, and he becomes the NBA Finals MVP. The Cleveland Cavaliers will be your NBA champ. Those are my NBA playoff predictions, and I'm sticking with them. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere. Podcasts are available. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Also, like my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash The Danny Picard Show. Also on Instagram, at Danny Picard. Once again, Jimmy Murphy joins me in studio tomorrow, and I'm going to close it out with this thought. Uh, right here at Beantown Athletics, you can get a one-of-a-kind David Ortiz farewell tour t-shirt. I mentioned the David Ortiz farewell tour at the beginning of the show, and I'm telling you about this t-shirt they have here at Beantown Athletics. People come in every single day asking about this t-shirt. How can they get it? They have them here. You can go on their website, beantownathletics.com. You can give them a call, 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Again, make sure you tell them I sent you. But if you want to celebrate this Red Sox season, like if you're going to a game this weekend as Toronto comes to town at Fenway, you're going to the marathon Monday game, right? Big day here in Boston. You want to be seen walking around with one of these David Ortiz t-shirts because I guarantee you you're going to get stopped from people and people are going to ask, where did you get that? And when they do, make sure you tell them you got it at Beantown Athletics and make sure you heard about it on the Danny Picard Show. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.